Welcome back, friends, to Beyond the Sectors, your bi-weekly podcast all about the beyond world of author duo Kit Roca. My name is Chelsea. And I'm Anna. And today we are here for kind of a special episode. We are doing uh, a couple of the vignettes that fall at this point in the series, Closed Doors and Blank Canvas. Both are about the six, 7,000 word mark. And Closed Doors involves Dallas, Lex, Noel, and Jasper, while Blank Canvas involves our favorite trio, Ace, Cruz, and Rachel. Um, do you want to go ahead and, I guess, start us off, Anna? Usually you do a plot synopsis, but they're kind of short for that. There's not a whole lot, uh, but all you need to know about Closed Doors is that um, our wonderful queen, Lex, is taking care of her king by enjo- introducing a, a real treat, just having them a night behind closed doors where they just get to be his. And I think that, um, you know, part of the things with these uh, shorter vignettes, these two specifically, is that they are very heavy on the sex. Like coming from a fanfic mm-hmm. background, these are what we would call like PWP. But because it's Brandonna, they can't give us something that's just like nothing but story. So it's interesting to see how these both fit in, given that they both take place in between the same set of books, which at the moment is a very, like, politically fraught uh, time in the books. Right. I mean, you have you have Dallas sort of being tied to his desk. He is worried about his people, and he has all the all the plot that is keeping us crazy in the other books uh, is also sort of getting in the way of their sex life and their relaxing time and their emotional time. So she knows that he needs that time. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really interesting to see that because we've been watching this kind of evolution of Dallas as the books go on. And he is a lot of bravado and a lot of, you know, uh, it's not false or it's not necessarily um, a, a false ego, but it is definitely an ego. But I think this is one of the times that we kind of get to see that that is really getting to him. And he has changed as the kind of leader he's had to be. As the community around him has changed. Right, right. I mean, he, he's he's really have feeling the after effects of the choices he's making. He's feeling that heavily. And just having time with the people who are closest to him, who, who feel, who need, who know his needs, that he can just be real with them without playing the king, without being all in control. Um, it's really powerful, I think. And, and you, for me, I always love the story because you see, his closeness to Bren, his closeness, not, not Bren, Jazz, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his closeness to, uh, closeness to Noel and how that, that relationship has continued to evolve um, as something over the series. You know, we know through the series, I mean, they get involved with Jenny, they get involved with, but that, that this quartet has a special togetherness. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so interesting because at this point in time, it really has been a lot of books since we've really gotten to be primarily with a member of this particular like foursome and so it's nice to because as is always the case with this kind of extended family book they're always there and floating in the background and involved in everybody else's life but you know Noel's book is our first book Lex's like they go right in order so it's been a decent amount so it's nice to kind of almost go back and catch up with the dynamic of just these for both to see how it's changed and also how it is still so similar to how it was in those earlier books. Right, you get the sense of I mean, their their relationships have matured. There's a scene where um, 
uh, Jazz touches Noelle's leg in a particular way and she responds, knows exactly what he means by that gesture. And Dallas notices that as sort of like, wow, look at how, how together they are, that they have this rhythm and this language, this love language that they've developed in bed. Because he's sort of looking at them like, oh, my little chicks. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And there's a certain amount of like, yeah, almost kind of like nostalgia for uh, the way that things were in the earlier books because so much has changed. Before uh, they're waging war. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's true. Yeah, it truly does feel like, a little, you know, on the eve of battle kind of reflecting on the people that they used to be and what has brought them to where they are now because that is... Uh, spoilers for the next episode, but things are about to pop off when it comes to uh, the politics in Eden. Uh, I think this uh, one of the things that's always really interesting in the dynamic of this foursome is the dynamic between Dallas and uh, Jazz. And there's some really nice moments that take place in this short of a um, piece of fiction that it manages to balance the relationships of all four mm-hmm. while still really giving that nice like brotherly but beyond that bond that goes between these two men in particular as the leader of all of these other people yeah i think jazz can speak to him in a way that no one else can and you see this even in bed that they have this kind of rapport and trust and just openness that they can't have with anybody else and that of course is something that also kind of gets echoed into the next one we will go ahead and move on to talking about Blank Canvas. Um, This is another one that's pretty short. It's kind of like, in my mind, it's always like the little mini road trip Mm -hmm. kind of story that uh, Brie and Donna wrote because it is another one that takes place right before Beyond Ruin. So right before things kind of hit the fan and Cruz has whisked away Ace and Rachel on some kind of mysterious vacation to somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, This, while this story is again like, very heavy on the sex it does a little bit more in terms of external world building and planting some important seeds for some things that are coming up so Anna thoughts yeah no uh for me it was really interesting I was like trying to figure out where are they because they go to a art museums hours away from where Eden is and I remember you know, early in the books, you're, you're spending a lot of time trying to figure out where is Eden? And uh, so this sort of gives you sort of a, a bigger sense of where they are geographically. Um, and then you get a sense of how there were all these other cities after the flares happened, but the base happens to them. And, you know, they have, they talk about like what rivers being diverted um, and that, uh, you basically find this museum full of like Monet's and Sarat's and, and they're just there. I'm like, yeah, it's super precious art, just really kind of not rotting away, but yeah, rotting away in the desert in this abandoned town. I think that's what's most interesting for me in terms of like the world building that takes place here is that it's the first time that we really are kind of seeing a town outside the sectors that had, that was left out of the community that we currently know and what happened to them and how that would look. And it just kind of deepens the, um, you know, layers of not fate, but just like the way that everything happened with Eden and the base and the sectors all being laid out and how differently that could have gone 
as it did for this community that was kind of left out in the proverbial cold. Right. It, it does sort of at the same time that it puts them on the map. And we can sort of think of like places we know versus places that are in the book. There's also the sense of those places are empty now. You know, this is a whole city that was big enough to have an honest to goodness museum and it's empty. It's gone. No, they cannot sustain life. So you really sort of get a sense of why people live in the sectors, why they haven't picked up and just gone someplace else. Some of those places are just gone. And it's that's what it's so interesting to think about that town or that community in terms of that fact that it does have this very like, I mean, you know, a prestigious art museum, an art museum that clearly has several uh, high value and high dollar paintings inside it. Um, and the kind of community that would have been, and yet still they are gone. They are yeah. gone where other communities are not. And there's a lot of nice little character moments in the story too, because you have, you know, Ace um, sort of losing his mind when he enters this museum, because there's so much to look at and so much to do. And he's also like looking at the clock and the time and just like, and so like he almost, he hyperventilates, right? That he, mm -hmm. they have to sort of like, we will come back. And there's that promise that we will come back. That's also like a big promise of um, we're going to make it through this war. There's some, this, this place will be here to come back to all things that they really can't promise, but they're promising them to each other because that's how they hold each other. You know, I mean, like I like act of radical hope that they're mm -hmm. doing. So like you, he can't enjoy this except if he can hope that it won't be the last time. And there's also, you know, just them knowing what exactly he needs as a gift and what it means as a surprise. It's just, it's, I think it's just all beautiful in that element of uh, the care and the love and the trying to build, just even having a, that, that time away for, for each other. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so easy as an O'Kane to get drawn into the bigger picture, whether you're Dallas and Jazz and, and, and Noel and Lex, also, it affects all the other couples and groups, too. They they need to be able... And sometimes it's not... You can't just retreat to your room. You sometimes have to retreat away, whether it's a mm -hmm. cabin or something, you know. And I love that there are so many... In such a short story, there are so many beautiful character moments for Ace. And I... Because I love Ace so much, I love getting to see him have those moments. That moment that you talked about where he is literally kind of so overwhelmed by the choice of it all and how many things there are to see and and how little time that means he actually has is so beautifully handled. And then the fact that they not only make those promises to each other, but that Cruz has arranged for them to take, like that they're going to be there overnight. They don't have to leave right away. He has time to breathe and calm down and look. And, you know, and the fact that there is a gift shop still and there he will be able to take stuff home and cruise, you know, they the specifically colors, brought the, the, paints, the, the, the paints, the art, the colored pencils, the real paper. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and the fact that it's all the little character details like you were talking about, the fact that Cruz basically brought them in kind of a station wagon so that they would have a big enough trunk to take home the things he knew Ace was going to want to <laughs> take home and. You know, they even say it in the book, like it's a it's a vacation for all of them, but it truly is kind of a gift for Ace out of the three of them. And that's a really beautiful dynamic to kind of see that intersect with all three of them getting to share this time apart together. Yeah. And I mean, there's also a really big story moment that occurs, right? They they start their fertility drugs, the three of them. So, you know, that's the thing, like if you skipped over this, it. You find out later in Beyond Ruin, the results of this, 
but this is a big moment for them that they've made a choice to start a family in the midst of a dawning coming war. Uh, again, that hope, that that belief in hope and continuity and and what. And that that kind of a continued expansion on the definition of family and how family grows and how family is made. And it's really it's not the first time, but as the books go on, more and more kind of direct attention is drawn to um, some of that well-seated world building that Brandon did in terms of like contraceptives in the water and the active need to take like anti-contraceptives to take fertility drugs to combat them and just how those things can be kind of I think easily read over sometimes but right, then become the intent- such because yeah the family's so intentional in a way mm-hmm. that is a counter to Eden or the or the communes where family is something you do for mass production in the mm-hmm. farms right and in Eden or in five, you might not have a choice. Your husband might choose for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is in in the sectors, in sector four specifically, this is always an intentional choice that you do. As a and so I think, and it really says something, I think that this is the moment that they are choosing to do it. Like you, keep, like you said, it's that radical act of hope and that kind of continued faith in something that isn't promised and isn't necessarily guaranteed, mm-hmm. but is still very um, precious and important and an active choice. Um, And, you know, a big part of the kind of thesis or, you know, kind of main thematic thing that we're building at this point in the series is that idea of um, a chosen future, but a chosen hopeful future and how all of those different things interact with the family that you build. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really beautiful to see that seed get planted and then pay off in beyond ruin it's interesting to think about what it would be like to read it in beyond ruin not already knowing that they had started in this short story well that happened to me um oh, okay i didn't read a, this as a bundle so this wasn't mm-hmm. in my stories and um <laughs> i didn't read i actually didn't read this blank canvas story till right before we, we did, oh did. cool um it's funny because i mean like i I thought I inhaled those sorts of stuff and mm-hmm. I missed a lot of these little short stories. So I read mm-hmm. Blank Canvas. The one short story I read is the one we didn't talk about, the one with uh, Jared and um, an ace on the roof. Uh, where oh, they, yeah. When Rachel steps. Because that one's not in the bundle. So that's like the one that's one of the ones I haven't read. But that one is one I read very early on. It was funny when uh, we were rereading through. I was like, where's that scene? There's a scene of them on the roof. And it was because I sought it out waiting between books. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was this little extra they had on the website. So it's really interesting. I mean, like, I remember the scene that we're going to end up talking about when we talk about Beyond Ruin is so like, what? Because I am, I'm feeling like Jade and, and feeling like uh, uh, everybody else in that room going, what is <laughs> happening here? Because I don't know. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's because uh, it's it's quite the bombshell when it happens, even when you know that it's the pro- like a process that they've already mm-hmm. started. Yeah, I can imagine that being uh, <laughs> maybe kind of a little intense <laughs> when all is said and done. So I, um, I really appreciated being able to finally like, oh, OK. This is- yeah, that would be that would be a nice little piece of the puzzle to kind of fill in. Um but yeah, I mean, I think that about wraps up all of my thoughts. They're just yeah. two wonderful short little vignettes. Um, definitely, I definitely this think and the other reading. stories are really worth reading um, because they give you such little character moments 
when you can that can get lost in the the plottiness of the later books. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And it's always fun to go back to some of those earlier characters. So yeah, I too recommend checking out the website, seeing what you may have missed. It does appear that there's almost always something that some of us have missed. Brie and Donna write a ton, so I'm not surprised. Um, but yeah, join us in a couple of weeks. We will be doing uh, the next big book in the series. And this time when I say big, I mean big because, guys... So much stuff. So much stuff. So much stuff is happening. But we will be back to talk about Beyond Ruin, which is finally the foursome between Adrian Maddox, Scarlet, Jade, and Dylan. So we will be back to talk about all of their shenanigans as well as the many, many plot things (laughs) that happen in the next book. Uh, Until then, Anna, do you want to tell them where everybody can find us online? Yes. Find us at beyondthesectors.com. For our blog where we list all our show notes and how to find us on the different podcast collections and you can also find us on twitter at beyond sectors perfect i am on twitter at at an outlaw life and i'm anna cookie all right and until next time friends take care of yourselves take care of each other and we'll see you beyond the sectors bye, bye.